Hey, this is Erin and Melissa, and we're Trending Northwest, a weekly podcast all about the latest in our region, introducing you to people you'll want to know if you don't already. We're on a personal mission to celebrate kindness, innovation, and diversity, which is at the heart of our culture in the Northwest. Join us as we shine light on topics that are trending for good and have conversations with some of the most fascinating people in our area. Learn more about guests on the podcast and read about trending topics at trendingnorthwest.com. Episodes are dropping weekly, so be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts now. Gary Stokes, president and general manager of KSPS PBS, brings over 27 years of broadcasting experience with a career spanning from Norfolk, Virginia to Houston, Texas. His leadership roles include serving as vice president of development of Alabama Public Television and later as president and general manager of WVTM-TV in Birmingham. A tireless community supporter, Stokes is dedicated to both education and cultural preservation in the broadcasting industry. Well, welcome to Trending Northwest, Gary. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, long time no see. I feel like we <laughs> see each other often. Gary is a member of Rotary 21 with me, along with all of his other accolades and exciting projects that he's a part of. And we also happened to see each other at lots of events. There was one week I think we saw each other at six consecutive events. Yeah, I think we missed one day that week. <laughs> it was really kind of funny. And I think think you name checked me after that sixth one you said you know i'm here and gary's not here it feels naked that he's not here yeah <laughs> not here naked but that's- yeah <laughs> it was so funny and you said at one point i feel like you're stalking me peterson but i it was just a weird week but that's you know how involved we both are in the community yep. and it's so funny to me um how when you really get excited about what Spokane has to offer and you're super passionate about giving back to the community, which is something that you are a huge proponent of, it can totally change the way that you interact with the city. You know, sometimes people say, oh, you're from Spokane. Oh, Spokane's terrible. But I always think you get out of it what you give to it. And being a tireless community supporter, what got you interested in television and public television in particular? Well, there's a long and involved story there, and I will try to do this in the short version, because the long version, we'd be here for a while. But uh, when I started in television, it was after I had done two years as a juvenile court probation officer. I was a criminal justice major in college Mm -hmm. and went directly from there to the juvenile court, and I was responsible for probationers in several different cities in and around Dayton, Ohio. And after a couple of years of doing that and dealing with some of the the challenges there, I sat down one day and said, okay, what do I want to do when I grow up? And when I was in college, one of the people that I met was the news director of the local CBS affiliate. And he saw me at an event and he said, you know, you're a pretty bright guy. You've got a really good voice. You should think about going into television. And I laughed. (laughs) And several months later, after thinking, thinking it through, I said, you know, maybe I should go ahead and, and give this a try. And that started the travel scope adventure from Dayton to Dallas, Dallas to D.C., D.C. back to Dayton, Dayton to Norfolk, Norfolk to Baltimore, Baltimore to Houston, Houston back to Norfolk, Norfolk to Buffalo, Buffalo to Birmingham, Birmingham to Norfolk, Norfolk back to Birmingham, and now Spokane. 
Wow. <laughs> that is a journey. So yes. was your role at all those different locations different or was it yes. similar? Um, I was reporter in several of them. I was a producer in others. I was an executive producer, assistant news director, news director in a couple of different markets and general manager for the NBC owned station in Birmingham. And then here, as the president and general manager of KSPS. So I've managed to see a lot, do a lot, and be around a lot. I've also made my share of mistakes, too. <laughs> Did you find it a big leap going from probation to journalism, basically? It was. It was an extremely, well, it was a challenge in a lot of ways because they hired me for what they thought they were going to get, and then... I gave them what I got. <laughs> and when that happens, you, find, you tend to let a little bit more of your personality come through. And that's always a challenge when you're on air. Mm -hmm. Because there's this sense that people expect one thing of you. And then when you give them something else, they get a little concerned about, well, wait a minute, which one is the real you? And I always tried to be the real me every day. And I think that's what helped me as I went through this path along the way. I always think it's funny that Melissa and I both have like a podcast voice and a <laughs> conversational voice. As soon as we turn the mics on, whoop, we have to put our face on, you know, for camera. But really, you guys are doing so much incredible work and the way that you are able to resonate with the public by being your authentic self, you know, that's something that we experience on social media now more than ever in that it's not necessarily super common that people are authentic on video, but those who are definitely stand out and it creates that relationship of trust. So with KSPS, there's been so much change. And Melissa had a question specific to that. Yeah. So so you've been around for 27, over 27 years in broadcasting. Mm -hmm. How has the evolution of streaming changed how, or how has it impacted public television and specifically your strategies at KSPS? Well, one of the things that we tend to do, and we certainly did this during the early date early days and early stages of public television, there was this sense that we were all in this box. You know, we're in this lane. Our commercial friends could do whatever they wanted to, but we had our own lane. And what I found in public broadcasting is that we have the ability to not only inform, but also educate. And when we have those as our guiding principles, it makes things a whole lot easier for all of us because we know what our product is. We know who our audience is. And based on that, it's a lot easier for us to determine what we're going to put on the air and what we won't. How do you think it's changed for public media um, public media, KSPS, but also the media that people consume, you know, the other stations as well. How do you think it's changed um, with how everything's gone with disinformation and people not trusting institutions, journalism, broadcasting institutions? Do you think that KSPS and other public television has, still has a very good relationship with the audience? Or do you think that you've also been impacted by disinformation at large? 
I think a lot of that depends on the person who's watching and consuming the media. Uh, at KSPS, we have our very own niche. People know what they're going to see or know what to expect when they turn us on. But what we found, particularly in the last 10, 12 years, as media became media, mm -hmm. we still have our own lane, and more importantly, we have our own mission and our own charge from our audience. The people who watch us and watch us regularly, they know what they're going to get. They're not afraid of what it is they're going to see. They're not concerned about language. They're not concerned about seeing or hearing things that are going to impact negatively someone in your family. So we tend to, as we make decisions about what we're going to air, we take a look at where we are, who we are, what our audience is, but we also do it under the lens of this is who we are. This is who we want to be. This is what we want to be. And because of that, people come to us and say, this is authentic. We don't have to worry about it being one way or the other. We try to go down the middle of the road. It's so important nowadays, too especially given the rise of AI and more content online that's video and can look like someone but not be them at all. More and more of that is coming. Mm -hmm. um, soon and very soon, you're going to be able to see newscasts that are all AI generated and you can't tell the difference between <laughs> the human being and the AI. So it's, it's coming. Yeah. I think it makes trust more important than ever. And stations like KSPS have a legacy of trust within our community, um, both from the programming and the events and activities that you have surrounding, um, supporting the community and giving. We had that fabulous Kids Fit Day this last fall, and you saw so many sweet, amazing faces. There's nothing like real, authentic connection. And I also loved the music series that was hosted by Brick West Brewing. Um, we've had so many amazing events there. Oh, my gosh. And Gary, the first time I interacted with you was at one of my very favorite shows premieres for the season, Downton Abbey. I still have the prizes that I won from that, and I drink out of those mugs all the time. And I think the importance of these in-person events combined with local people who you know being on the screen, there's so much unique programming at KSPS. What are some of your favorite shows that are locally made and produced that are on right now? Well, let me rewind a little bit based on what you just said, because when the pandemic hit, mm. the first thing that we noticed was the isolation. Mm -hmm. People either being afraid to go out or not caring to go out. And when, when all of that happened, we took it upon ourselves. And by we, I mean, I go to my team and they all said, okay, let's do this. Mm. And one of the first things that we did was to create the music program Inland Sessions mm -hmm. because there were musicians around the region that didn't have a venue. They didn't have a place to play. And our production team sat down and said, how can we do this? 
And it was a lot easier to do one band at a time as opposed to doing a festival or something. And all of the bands and performers and musicians who were part of this, they all not only enjoyed being part of it, but it was great for them because they had a place to play and a venue that was as wide as the tri-state community. So for us, it was a great opportunity, but more importantly, it was great for the people who had a place to go. And we're still doing that. We are, I think we're close to 100 sessions by now. So we continue to, to do this pretty well. And I actually had just noticed, too, the other day, uh, not only with the times that Dre Davis played with you, but Latrice had the most beautiful performance and was so deeply moved by the opportunity to be put on public television and talked about how when she was little, she wasn't given permission to perform. She wanted to be on Star Search and all these things. I think that it's underestimated how important local coverage is to just the individuals living here. Opportunities that you would never have in a larger market to be able to share your gift. It's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And if you haven't gotten a chance to watch Inland Sessions yet, I highly recommend it. It is a phenomenal program. Well, our, our team has done such a great job of building this model that now even though people can go back to their venues, they now make us one of the venues. And it's worked out really well for us, but more importantly, the community really benefits. And it's not only the community of listeners, but it's the community of musicians. Are you feeling hungry or need a little extra caffeine? The Maple Street Bistro has been serving delicious espresso drinks and house-made baked goods in North Spokane since 2007. We absolutely love Betty and hope that you'll tell her hello when you get to visit. Each day, their bakers prepare fresh, old-fashioned bagels, cinnamon rolls, scones, muffins, pecan sweet rolls, cookies, and so much more. And they also have delicious coffee. You can also try one of their breakfast sandwiches or lunch paninis served in your choice of a variety of bagels or house made focaccia bread. We absolutely love Maple Street Bistro and hope you'll swing by soon. Mm -hmm. My husband is a professional musician. He plays bass and I tell you what, anytime he gets a chance to bring that big thing out, he will go anywhere (laughs) and do like one of his least favorite shows is Cats to play for the theater. And he was given the opportunity to play Cats recently and he goes, yes, I'll do it because it had been a while. (laughs) But, you know, there's something for everyone, and giving an opportunity to all of these fabulous musicians makes a big difference. So how do you see it contributing to the local music scene, Inland Sessions in particular? Well, for me, it was getting to know all of the different genres that are out there, Mm -hmm. because we've had people come into our studio playing everything from maracas and xylophones to saxophones, guitars. It's just, we've had the gamut. We've had accordions. We've done it all. And the nice thing about this is, for me, it's a surprise every time somebody new comes in. (laughs) For example, two days ago when the snow hit, 
we had bands coming in to do inland sessions on Wednesday. They all said, okay, we, it's bad out here, but we're going to do this because we want to play. Oh, that's awesome. And that was pretty much most of Wednesday. <laughs> wow. I love that. I'm a big fan of inland sessions, but one thing that I that I like that uh, KSPS does is the Civics Bowl for the high school students. So can you tell yeah. us more about that? Mm-hmm. So Civics Bowl was another one of those things that I had nothing to do with because I, all the smart people do all of the smart things and then they come to me and they say do you mind if we do this and i always say yes because they're the smart ones <laughs> so don bayman who is a station manager of ksps uh, has been active in the league of women voters and as part of that organization they were having a conversation at one of the meetings about what can we do to try to make civics more accessible to students? And that's when people got together and said, hey, you know what? We could do this in a game show format. And then they came to me and said, hey, we want to do this. And I said, that's fine. And then they said, we want you to host it. And I went, mm. <laughs> Because in most cases, most of the people who are at the station are in many different ways smarter than am I. So when they came to me and said, look, we really want you to do this, I said, okay, that's fine. But if it doesn't work, I won't get my feelings hurt. Mm -hmm. We are now getting ready for our third season to start Mm. in just a few weeks. So it's been... An amazing opportunity for me to not only get to know more about civics, because you have to get it by osmosis after reading all of the cards, <laughs> but more importantly, the kids are just so great to work with and be around. And because you know, they're teenagers, they call me Gary. which is really kind of fun and funny, but I've come to appreciate it. And if you ever have the chance to come see one of the tapings at Civic School, it's half consternation, it's half confident, it's half blah, 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 blah. There are so many halves. But in the end, the best part about it is we have 10 schools from around the region, represented, and at the end of every one of those shows, somebody goes home knowing more than they did when they sat down. And for us, that's what we do. That's our job is to, you know, sometimes people forget that we're public television and that we do a lot of things that are different from everybody else. But the game show format was something that I would never have anticipated would be something that we would do. And more importantly, that we've now got it to a point where every year now we have advisors, kids, parents who they this is their time. Mm -hmm. Football players have theirs. Mm -hmm. Basketball players have theirs. Baseball players have theirs. 
civics bowl is their time. Well, it's more important than ever, too. Civics and a well-rounded community that can know about just, you know, how everything works, how government works, how bills are made. Yeah. Every show, we have anywhere from uh, at least 50 questions. And there have been times when we have gotten through almost all of the questions we had for that one episode. So the hunger is there. The kids are there. The fact that we now have the same 10 schools coming back after a year or two and excited about it. Mm -hmm. And there are several who have done this now in a row and looking forward to coming back for season three. So the parents enjoy it as much as the kids do, which is really a lot of fun. And speaking of fun, one of the things that we have done over this last year, because it's the second time we've done this, but in order to test how things work, we brought in friends and family to come in and hit the buzzers and see what their knowledge base is. And after about 20, 25 minutes of that, they're like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. Those questions are tough. You know, as a teacher, I have seen some really difficult questions thrown at kids, and you're just impressed with how much they retain. I think we forget as, you know, older folks like ourselves, how it feels to be in that state of learning. You know, we are always learning all the time, but especially with technical language, it can be really challenging. And I love that kids who don't normally get an opportunity to shine in other areas really get to be the standout stars. I did um, Health Occupation Students of America back in the day, and we did a series of tests based on the health occupations and, you know, anatomy and physiology and medical terminology and things like that. Uh, but you don't see as many of those today. It, a lot of programs for kids that are not centered around sports have been cut and limited. Um, and you're also not just providing Civics Bowl, but there are even more opportunities that you have for younger kids to learn, including a very new program. Game Quest is KSPS's latest educational venture. And I want to learn more about how it aligns with the station's mission to enrich the community through educational content. So can you tell me more? We have been very fortunate at KSPS that the people we have had come in have really come in with their own ideas on where things are going to go. And I learned a long, long time ago that the best thing that I can do in any given day is to listen and learn and get out of the way. (laughs) And I try to do that very, very well. Uh, Several years ago, and by several, I think it's been 10 years now, maybe a little bit more. Um, but we hired an education director, our first in many, many years. And when she was there, Bukola Brzezinski, she got our education mission back up and running because that was the one thing that we didn't have that I really wanted to have happen. And so we were able to do that, and then Bacola came, and then she and her family moved away, and then we hired Brooke at Brooke Matson. And what's great about Brooke is that she has this attitude of, sure, we can do that. 
or let's find a way to do that. And that's now how we've got game quests and all of these things are starting to, to grow and grow exponentially. And one of the things that we're doing is Futures Day. Futures Day is sort of an offshoot of what we've done with workforce development. But what Futures Day does is it brings in people from different occupations, but for students in elementary schools. So they get the opportunity to see what these different occupations do and to get to learn how they do it. So we're really excited about that. That's coming up. I don't remember the date, and I should have it tattooed on my eyelids, and I don't, (laughs) so I apologize for that. Um, But Futures Day, I think, is going to be something we're going to be doing on a regular basis, and I'm really excited about that. So if you take a look at Futures Day and then the work that we're doing with Let's see, we've got Fit Kids Day, we've got Futures Day, we'll probably have Morris Day. But the whole idea behind this is to build better students and build better people. And all of the information, all of the programming that we have at KSPS is designed to educate first. We love the entertainment piece, but it's education first and then entertainment. And if they meld, that's even better. Don't forget to put inspiration and entertainment on your calendar. Get season tickets now to STCU's Best of Broadway. You can have first access to popular touring productions with live music and top talent, special offers from nearby restaurants, and so much more. West Coast Entertainment is a locally operated independent presenter of national touring Broadway productions, concerts, and other special events. Don't miss a single show-stopping moment. Learn more about their upcoming season by checking out broadwayspokane.com. So when we expanded the education department, it gave us an opportunity to look at things in a much larger scope because we've got our four pillars, and I think I may have mentioned these earlier, but it's workforce development, arts and culture, civic health, and education. So those four things, we pretty much run everything through that lens. And where does it fit in the pillars? Where does it fit in the pillars? Because if we don't hew to those, then it doesn't mean anything. But if we can keep them, not necessarily in their lanes, but to put them in such a way that we can say, okay, so what about this? What about this? And the best part about it is there are crossovers. And that's where the real fun comes in because you've got Civics Bowl, which is also education-based. And everything intertwines. And that's how it works. And that's how we hope that it will continue to work until somebody else comes along, kicks me out the door and says, okay, let's do something new. Cause that guy down didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> I very much doubt anyone I will say that Gary. It also may overlap with workforce development because yes. you might be creating future politicians. Um, and, and that's what futures day is going to do. Yeah. This is one of the few times that we're bringing together a job fair for kids. 
So amazing. And, you know, as a former fifth grade teacher, I can see my students having so much fun getting to explore a variety of different occupations. You know, it's funny. Kids these days feel an intense amount of pressure to pick what they want to be. I think they always have, but now more than ever, there's access to, you know, kids who are professional YouTubers or professional um, Instagrammers who that is their whole job is one very specialized niche. And to have the exposure to so much different material and people, but they can talk to real humans. I, I mean, even as a kid, I didn't know that certain jobs existed. You know, the jobs that are created today too are even more different and, and further removed from what we ever experienced as kids. You know, with the addition of AI and automation of so many different fields, there are a lot of changes happening there too that will give them an opportunity to explore. I think that's so cool. And KSPS has this legacy of providing content that is for all people at every different age level and demographic. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Sit and Fit, Sit and Be Fit was created right here in Spokane. Yes. Yeah. People don't often know that. It's, it's something that's ubiquitous in our culture and people know. And there are so many people who have benefited from that program. And Julia Child got her start on public television as well. WGBH Boston. I used to watch her shows with my dad and my grandfather when I was little. And even as a little kid, learning how to cook was just so exciting. Um, but we have, so many things that are happening on public television these days. And I know that Melissa has a fantastic question about what it's like in your shoes doing the job that you do. <laughs> so if you haven't been interviewed yet by Futures or anything, what, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in a career in public media? Public media is a different animal. Uh, but I say that in a good way. Uh, when I worked in commercial television and I was a news reporter for several years and worked my way up, you know, I always enjoyed taking a break from the commercial television stations. And this is where the heresy comes in. <laughs> uh, but I used to watch things on PBS because it was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And truth be told, the fact that they didn't have commercials was a big draw. Mm -hmm. Still is. Mm -hmm. So now we're at a point where public media is starting to be a little bit more entwined with other things and not, not necessarily in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the things and a lot of the programs that we had going on for years and years have little by little become co-opted. Mm. Um, the cooking shows that used to be only on public television are now everywhere. In fact, if you take a look at most of the cable channels, almost all of them had a footprint mm. in public television. Mm -hmm. We built it. They co-opted it, and they made money out of it. And that's mm -hmm. that's fine. That's the way it should work. I worked in commercial television long enough that I'm not a Luddite. <laughs> By the same token, I think we've forgotten how important it is and was to have programs like Sit and Be Fit, mm -hmm. 
to have programs like McNeil Lehrer, to have programs that day in, day out, week in and week out, made you just a little bit smarter, a little bit better, because it had its own framework instead of following the pack. And if we do nothing else at KSPS, PBS, if we can continue to provide programming that people will continue to watch and appreciate and pass on, we've done our job. And share with their kids. And I mean, I can think of a million things that I used to watch as a kid. Wishbone was on. Oh, Wishbone yes. was so and cute. I mean, I got it. Wishbone was the best. <laughs> it was the best. Yeah. Wishbone was the best. I could sing that. Didn't so. you get to meet Wishbone? <laughs> Did you? No, oh, but you have met some very illustrious characters like Oscar the Grouch. And yes. what's it like to be around celebrities like that? <laughs> well, Oscar's grouchy. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's not exactly going to you know, give you a hug. Yeah. Is he a bit of a diva? Mm, he's more like that. Okay, yeah. And but. Then you've got Cookie Monster, and Cookie Monster is okay as long as you know you keep them away from the cookies. But <laughs> see, it's everybody has their own issue, and it's it's fine. Similar to Aaron, yeah, she's fine until you bring out the cookies and lose the cookies. <laughs> but there are very few things on PBS that I would say, you know, I don't think I want to watch that, and. Mm-hmm. It only happens if there's a genre that it's something like, yeah, okay, maybe. But nine times out of ten, I can watch anything that we have on any of our four channels. Wow, yeah, four. That's impressive. Any of our four channels. And I can say, like that. I like that. Oh, that's really good. Hey, where did that come from? And... I like to think of ourselves as the why station because Mm -hmm. there's so much there that you can turn and go, why is that? Mm -hmm. And that's who we are. That's what we do. And in fact, this harkens back to my very, very, very young days. But the PBS station in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the call letters were W-H-Y-Y. Oh, that's great. (laughs) So it literally was the Y station. (laughs) Well, speaking of Y, I have to throw it back to Nova. You know, that was one show I could watch and learn about any number of scientific things and just have my mind completely blown. And there are so many more resources available online if you go to ksps.org. And there are also some social media handles that people can follow, which will help keep them up to date on the latest at KSPS. So where can people follow both you and the station online and see more of your work? Well, ksps.org is the single best place to go. Um, That is the clearinghouse for everything. And it is so much more robust than it used to be. Um, Particularly, I'm going to name check Jonna Kelly here because she has done a tremendous job 
highlighting the work we do and getting it to places and people that aren't normally listening and watching us. And so that's, it's been important for us to find these opportunities and to take advantage of them. And I, if I'm going to do shout outs, I can do this all day. You know, <laughs> Don Bayman, our station manager and Jim Zimmer, who handles all things production and the aforementioned Jana and Brooke and Skylar Reap, who is doing a tremendous job on the development side who's really making that work. And I also, when I, if I'm doing shout-outs, Patil Bedrosian, who does all of our engineering and operations work. So we've got a really great team. I am fortunate to be able to work for them. And I hope that we can keep this team together for a good long time because we've got nothing but upside. Well, we want to keep you around forever, Gary, so we're not going to let you leave, but we are going to let you leave this podcast. We so, so enjoyed having you on, and it's always a delight to see you, and I hope to see more of you in Rotary. I need to join. You're always there. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We had such a great time talking to you. Thank you. I appreciate it, and uh, let me know when I can come back for another go-round. Have you ever spent hours researching online to find the coolest hotspots, learn about fascinating local people, and plan your next staycation, only to be more confused? We have a magazine for that. We do the hard work for you and research trending topics every day, and then spill the tea on our favorites on social in the digital magazine for the busy modern professional to access easily on the go. Support women-owned inclusive media and become a subscriber for just $29 a year at trendingnorthwest.com backslash subscribe.